Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like, and share it, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It is currently 6.11 a.m. East Coast time. It is Tuesday, October 29th, and today we have a three-game NBA slate that I'm going to break down into. Before I do that, I just want to say welcome to the channel if you're new here. My name is Sal Vetri. I do indeed cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the NBA streets. We get a nice little three-game slate here. Before we get into it, if you have ever gotten value from one of my videos or podcasts, if you could please hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the follow and subscribe button on the podcast, wherever you're listening on whatever platform leave a rate and review. It really goes a long way. You will be entered into a fantasy draft uh, raffle to win a free entry into their Sunday contest this weekend, usually value about $25. You can check out my exclusive content link down below. We just went over 300 patrons. So um, that is our second goal that we have hit. We hit a goal of 200 patrons a couple weeks back. um, And I will be giving away another lifetime subscription as I did for that one, as long as I have a Patreon active, well, then you're going to be getting my content for free, totally for free. So one of the patrons is going to be able and eligible for that. It will be upcoming this week. I will reach out to that winner in sort of a little generator thing that I use on the internet, really. It's just a big wheel that you spin. Um, but yeah, it, it makes it a lot easier for me just importing all the names there. But yeah, that's something that's a pretty big goal of mine. So thank you, each and every one of you. Thank you to all the patrons. Thank you to all the subscribers. Check out that exclusive content link down below. If you so wish to also linked up down below are my social medias at salvage DFS on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Instagram going into November, the new month in a couple of days is going to be a huge um, revamp for me in terms of getting more content out on there going from personal to more so based around DFS type stuff. And I will also say, because people keep reaching out and it makes sense, at the end of the month, Patreon will charge you when you first sign up and they will also charge you at the beginning of the next month. So obviously that's an issue when there's only two days left in the month. Do not worry. Once they charge you at the beginning of the next month, if you are signing up after the 20th of October, so today or tomorrow, um, I will refund you the whole month from the prior week so or the prior month. So don't worry if you're paying for the $20 basic plan and you get charged again in three days, I will refund you from your charge in October just reach out to me, make sure to let me know. And I can do that. Um, I can't do it beforehand, sadly, but once I get the second charge, I can. So that kind of clears the air on that for people that are wondering on the podcast and the YouTube channel, all that's the plugs, all that stuff's in. If you skipped it, you made it all the way to here. Uh, If you didn't appreciate you sticking through to some of the housekeeping stuff, but let's get into this three game slate. It should be relatively easy to break down a couple injuries that we'll be monitoring, but for the most part, nothing that's going to totally alter the slate. You're going to have Kyle Kuzma out once again with this foot injury. It's going to continue to give guys like Avery Bradley minutes in the starting lineup um, and really extended run. And there's a good chance Kyle Kuzma just comes off the bench. They would have to play really big for Kyle Kuzma um, to be getting into the starting rotation. I would expect and I would want him to be in the starting rotation, but there's a chance that they just put him as the sixth man and see how that works. He's going to be out though. Rajon Rondo continues to be questionable with this calf injury. I really don't know what to make of this. I don't know if I expect him to be playing. Alex Caruso finally has been getting rotation minutes the last couple of games. Even if Rondo comes back though, he's cheap at 4,300 surely, but like his spot in this rotation might be 20 minutes. Like if that, this is not really a spot that they want to use Rajon Rondo. Like the reason he's there, to be honest, and to be perfectly blunt is because Anthony Davis is there and they have ties when they were back with the Pelicans together, playing together. Um, So there's a really kind of rift between Rajon Rondo and this entire team in terms of putting him on the court. I mean, he's just such a huge defensive liability. 
out there. Kyle Anderson is going to be questionable today. Kyle Anderson sort of through three games, a little bit revamped. 3,700 if he plays. There's some interest, but not a ton. If he's out, it just adds to the possible minutes of a guy like Jake Crowder. Solomon Hill, who finally played last game after being a coach's um, DNP the last first two games. It's really rough to recommend playing him because he can go right back to being a DNP. And then Bruno, if you all remember Bruno from last year, the man who will play 28 minutes and score zero points for you. So don't recommend playing Bruno if indeed Kyle Anderson is out, even if Bruno starts. Um, I think he's the flat min, which will get a lot of people excited. But, man, that guy's just awful. Maybe he took another step forward. We'll see. John Moran is probable after um, playing his best game that went into overtime against the Nets. Scored 50 DraftKings points. I love this kid. If they, I said if they just give this kid more minutes instead of holding him at 24 and 28 minutes, he's going to shine. $7,100 is still too cheap for John Moran. Love this kid. Um, he's very unique in his skill set. Very Russell Westbrook-esque. And, look, he's not going to be that type of player right away. Or at least odds are he's not. But at $7,100, you can be damn sure he's still underpriced if he is anywhere near the skill set of like Trey Young was last year's rookie. And I know Trey Young was very good offensively, not defensively at all, um, but very good offensively. But John Morant has that kind of capability and just the way that he kind of, especially in transition, can move like Russell Westbrook. $7,100 for a guy who can score like eight fantasy points in a matter of like two possessions. Um, and can do it probably somewhat consistently relative to the rest of the NBA, is too cheap. He's probable today. Dwight Powell is questionable. He practiced in full on Monday, so we might finally get Dwight Powell back, who's been dealing with this ankle injury. That might push Maxi Kleber to the bench. We'll see how they kind of want to work this thing. If Dwight Powell comes back and is fully healthy, maybe they just insert him right back into the starting lineup. Kristoff at the four. You go from there, Kleber off the bench, kind of ruins Kleber's value if he even had any right now, has not been playing all that great. Uh, really, this team is just getting crushed by Luka's high usage, pretty much averaging a triple-double through three games so far, just missing out in game one and last game, game three on triple-doubles by like one stat, one rebound, and one assist. He's been balling out. Kristoff's had his best game of the season, and he looked exactly like himself. 34 minutes in that last game for Kristoff. So this kind of arbitrary minutes limit of maybe 30 that was in place for Kristoff got thrown out the window when it was crunch time and you needed the clutch players on the court. Kristoff's usage has also been high. Um, these are two players that are just going to crush anybody. So even if Dwight Powell comes back, 5,500 is surely tr- cheap for what this guy's skill set and potential minutes can be. But it's just so hard, similar to the Houston team, uh, when Russell Westbrook and Harden, that's a much greater extent, are out there. When you have these two all-stars that are going to suck up all the usage, it really makes it hard for other players to hit their value. Deion Waiters is doubtful. So some weird stuff going on with Deion Waiters here. He returned from suspension on Monday, yesterday, if you're watching this today, which you should be on Tuesday. Um, but he's doubtful and expected to miss this game as well. He came off suspension on Monday, but not likely to play. There's just like some murmurs of him just being a head case. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but it doesn't seem like he's going to play. This probably helps Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn the most. It probably keeps Kendrick Nunn in the starting lineup. I think that it would have been Deion Waiters in the starting lineup. Now, Nunn's been fantastic, so maybe they just keep starting him anyways. This rookie has honestly been one of the best three rookies in the league. I think um, R.J. Barrett has been fantastic. I think Kendrick Nunn's been fantastic, and then there's some guys to a lesser extent. If John Morant continues to do what he did in that last game, he'll be fantastic. So um, this is a spot where I think Kendrick Nunn, with Deion Waiters out, continues to stay in the starting lineup, and he's definitely going to be viable today. Tyler Hero, with the uh, Jimmy Butler going to be back, he's probably going to get bumped to the bench. Derek Jones Jr., $3,900, is out with a groin injury. Duncan Robinson was the biggest beneficiary. Look, these guys were going to fill in for him. Duncan Robinson, Myers Leonard, who continues to start and then just play like 15 minutes and be terrible. Kelly Olenek, who played limited minutes. I believe he got injured in that last game and had to come out. He's probable today. So the biggest beneficiaries of no Derek Jones Jr., in my opinion, um, is probably Duncan Robinson. Just more minutes off the bench, potentially plays 20-plus minutes off the bench. And in the last game, he played really well, like exceeded his value, exceeded his point per minute, really. He was playing a little bit over his head. So I wouldn't expect that again, but he's very cheap. Kelly Olenek, who really has yet to kind of take a 
big step forward through three games this year after having a couple of really hot stretches last year. I'm just not really playing really well next to Bam when Bam's at the five and Kelly Olynyk's at the four. We'll see if that continues. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, the new dad, is finally back. He's probably he's missed the first three games because of the birth of his daughter. He's expected to make his debut. This is going to affect everybody. When you insert a uh, probably a three guard into your starting lineup, it's going to affect Kendrick Nunn, who's been taking 18, 17, and 18 shots through the first three games. The guy's averaging 17 and a half, a little bit more, 17.7 shots per game through three games. Yeah, you can be damn sure that Jimmy Butler is going to drive that number down. Justice Winslow, who's been all over the place in terms of rebounds, assists, points, um, not shooting the greatest of percentages, but when you're playing 40 minutes a game or damn near it, it's going to be easy to get points. Justice Winslow, his overall usage, his production is going to go down. Goran Dragic, who now probably gets pushed to the bench if he wasn't already there for most of these games, um, and Tyler Hero as well. All these guys' usage is going to go down. Jimmy Butler kind of crushes a lot of people's overall usage. Obviously, the players he's going to directly step in for and the players around him whose price points have come up because they've been playing good as of late. You throw Jimmy Butler kind of a grenade into that to blow it all up. Yeah, Justice Winslow's value probably comes down a good amount when you look at what his price point currently is. Let's go on to the target offense sheet. Currently, if you're listening on the podcast, if you can just take... Um, five seconds before or after this just to hit the five star rate and then if you review it i really appreciate that you will be entered into that raffle and if you're watching on youtube right now hit the subscribe button it does not take all that long there is one of the mid-roll little ads for you personal ad all right so three game site target offense sheet is pretty straightforward i have all the data for defense versus position for so far for this year i'm going to throw that on here i'll leave 2018 up for the first month or so of the season just to kind of reference it maybe the first two months just to reference it but i'll have the 2019 data for this spot right here if you're looking on the video version you can get this chart. You can get my all my projections. The projections will be out for three games later today, probably around 12 or 1 p.m. And those are updated up until lock uh, with any injury news that come up, any Vegas odds that change. So three games late here, you can see Miami versus Atlanta. This game is projected right now to be the fastest pace game. And that really doesn't have to do much with Miami. I mean, they're a slower paced team. They want to be a slower paced team. Maybe with Jimmy Butler there, maybe with some of these rookies in none and Tyler Hero there, there, they play a little bit faster this year, but Overall, the pace in this game is being bumped up um, by Atlanta, who's on a back-to-back. Atlanta was the fastest-paced team last year. They are eight-point underdogs in this game, and that makes a ton of sense. Because <laughs> when I'm looking at this team, there's not much that interests me. Now, you can see the highest total on the slate is Miami, 115.75. And that makes a lot of sense, because there's a ton of places for Miami to just pick apart Atlanta in this game. I mean, Atlanta doesn't really have a traditional big right now. Alex Len is your traditional big, and he's playing not even half the minutes at center. John Collins is being forced to play some of the five, which is very good for John Collins in terms of fantasy. You want players to play more at the five. It's easier baskets, easier block opportunities, easier rebounds, and ones, double-doubles. All that stuff comes a lot easier for you when you're closer to the rim, Um, but it stinks for this team because it leaves them very undersized against a team in Miami that can play big really easily. They can have Kelly Olenek on the floor with Bam on the floor. They're a very good defensive team. Justice Winslow is going to be there. Jimmy Butler is going to be there. Gordon Dragic's off the bench. This is a very good defensive team. And now they have potentially added shooters in Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero coming off the bench. Um, if Nunn continues to play the way he is, this is going to be a very, very um, interesting team the entire year. Atlanta on the other side, yes, you, you do have Trey Young who scored 60 plus fantasy points the first two games and then kind of came down to earth last night. And it's a really tough matchup for him. But again, Trey Young, if they just run a basic pick and roll or just trying to pick and pop, really, and get him open, if he's hot, which he has been hot for the majority of the season, short season so far, he can score a 60-point game. This guy can beat really anybody one-on-one on the offensive side. He seems to have taken a step forward. Um, So if Justice Winslow is on him, yeah, it's not a great matchup for Trey Young. But at the end of the day, if he's shooting hot, it's fine. This is a really tough matchup, though, as... As of last year, and it's probably carrying over into this year, Miami is on this slate the best team at defending the point guard position, the best team at defending the center position. So, yes, John Collins and Trey Young, the two players that stand out the most from this Atlanta team, 
really brutal matchups. John Collins' price point is a little bit easier to digest for me, so I'd get there over anybody, but no real interest in this Atlanta team. The Miami team, I'm interested in Jimmy Butler coming back at 7,700, I believe. That potentially can be a very low price point if he just takes the reins of this team. I'm interested in Bam Adebayo at only $7,000, going to be going up against an Atlanta team that on this slate is allowing the second most points as of last year's data and translating to this year to the center position. And now he's going to be going up against John Collins, who, sure, John Collins is lengthy, Sean Collins, though, is not known for his defense, and yes, as a sort of a second-year player or so, um, shouldn't really be at this time, especially when you're going up against a guy like Bam, and Bam has been getting assists, believe it or not. Now, this is probably going to regress. I think he had like eight assists in the game that went into overtime against the Bucks. so uh, watch out for that. If, if he continues to kind of play offensively and be more, not pass-first, but kind of have that ability to find the open player and not just try and go up for it or, or not just try and dish it out and not have anything, not really be a playmaker or shot creator for other people. If he has that ability, like, I don't know, players like Carl Anthony Towns, like uh, players like Nikola Jokic, very high praise to compare him to, not really directly comparing, but just saying on a assist basis, he can be a fantasy player that you can rely on for 40 points a night or so. $7,000 is a good price point. We'll get into that in a second. Denver versus Dallas. Um, this is just a gross game all around. Denver wants to play slow. Dallas wants to play slow. Now with Luka and Kristoff there, maybe they play a little bit faster. But for the most part, these teams want to play slow. Reflected in the lowest total on the slate of 216, Dallas only a 105 total, going to have interest in Luka, going to have interest in a guy like Kristoff's. Um, no real interest anywhere else. Dorian Finney-Smith continues to be like 3,500 or below. I think he's 3,400 today. Like what you're hoping for there is 20 fantasy points. You know you don't really have much of an upside. You're just trying to fit a value piece in that maybe, maybe you get lucky today and he goes for 25, but no total interest there. Denver, I mean, you have $10,000 Jokic, whose price point is up on a three-game slate. He does not um, play well last night. Uh, only 33 fantasy points. Um, the whole team really doesn't play that well last night. Now he's only $10,000. This game starts at 9 p.m. It's an interesting spot. I mean, you have Luka for $500 less. I think I prefer that. Um, you have other guys for way cheaper. Jimmy Butler is $2,300 less than Jokic, as he probably should be because Jokic is just the best offensive center in the league and can go for 60 more times than Jimmy Butler can. But when we're talking about um, just trying to fit into a lineup tonight, I think I might prefer Luka over Jokic uh, in a game that really doesn't look that great overall. It, it might be a bad spot for both of these players, but if you're talking about payup options, I usually prefer centers, but I think there's a couple of other, other, couple of other centers on this spot that you can go to, like Bam that we talked about. That being said, Jokic is going to be in a player pool of mine, just might not be as much of a priority, but we'll see once I start doing projections one and also start building lineups. Paul Millsap also stands out. Um, he started the season off with a good game. Last couple of games have not been great, but he's still getting the minutes around 25 plus. If you can get Paul Millsap closer to his 30 minutes, he's probably going to be, be hitting value at the $5,400 price tag that I believe he is at. Jamal Murray's Jamal Murray's price tag is up 6,600. It's still reasonable to get to, but I think you're paying for more so of a closer to not a ceiling game, but a projection or a little bit higher than his projection type of a game. I usually like targeting Jamal Murray when he's hovering around the $6,300 range which I'm sure if he has one bad game, he'll be right back down to that. Um, outside of that, nothing really else stands out here. Will Barton has had two good games out of three games. He's cheap if you want to go there. You're kind of just, um, you're really tossing it in, right? He's going to play the three for Denver um, against a Dallas team that is okay on defense that last year. They're around middle of the pack defending the three. So Will Barton, it's really, there's not much analysis to go off of Will Barton, except that if he's going to be active and try out there and scoop up like a couple of three or four extra rebounds in the game and shoot half decent, then yeah, he'll have a good game for you at that price tag. Um, but it's really just so variant. Will Barton is a very variant player, even whatever his projection is, the delta on that projection 
is just going to move back and forth. Like it's not a stable, oh, he's projected for 24 points today. It's not like a stable, oh, he'll get within the range of these outcomes, 20 to 26, 20 to 28. No, it's like he can get the range of this outcomes of 10 to like 35, right? It's so wide and he's a very variant player. Um, lastly, the Lakers versus Memphis. Lakers virtual tie pretty much, but the second, if you're going to go specifically, highest total on the slate at 115.5. Memphis is a fun team to watch, man. Last year, the Lakers struggled at defending the point guard position. I mean, a lot of that was because of Rajon Rondo just being terrible. Even if Alex Caruso was on him, it'll be a little bit of a bump up. Um, But John Morant, I like a lot at his price tag today. Dylan Brooks is still cheap, but Dylan Brooks has a very good game the last time out. Now he's priced up to around $4,100. Not super expensive, but not the $35,000 he was. So maybe not the spot that you want to target Dylan Brooks off of his hot game the last time out. Uh, So for Memphis, yeah, I like uh, John Morant. I like Jaron Jackson Jr., but Jaron Jackson Jr.'s price is coming up. And Jaron Jackson Jr. fouls out of the last game. The guy's averaging like 5,000 a game. This is exactly what his issue was last year. Good matchup for him there, um, depending on who's on the court with him. Jonas Valanciunas played has been on this 20 minutes count and he has the best matchup on the slate I think it's very risky to be playing him when you know he's only going to play 20 minutes if we get news today that Joe Val's minutes are going to be bumped up to like 25 yeah he's a smash play he's a smash play against whoever it might be Dwight Howard whoever it might be JaVale McGee Anthony Davis for parts of the game really good play there on the Lakers side of the ball no real interest in the point guards whether it's Rondo whether it's Caruso um I think my biggest interest comes from Danny Green Memphis struggled to defend the three guards last year. They have a couple of similar pieces in that spot now. Um, So I like Danny Green. Again, he's very similar to Will Barton, except way more reliant on shooting. But if he has a good shooting game, his price tag in the 4K range is easily paid off. I also like some other guys on Memphis. We're going to talk about them in a second. Guys like Jay Crowder, guys coming off the bench like Brandon Clark. Early interests. The moment you've all been waiting for. If you're watching on the video, you can see them all. Just check them out. These early interests are clearly 12 hours before lock. They are not my player pool. They are parts of potentially my player pool. Some players will be added. Some players will be out. It's a three-game slate, so only having 15 players in a player pool is probably thin if you're adding a ton of lineups. Probably want another 5 to 10, probably closer to 10 more players in something like this. So my player pool, Nikola Jokic, I talked about him. It's really hard to have a player pool and not have Nikola Jokic in it when he's by far the best center on the slate. Um, he's priced like it, though, but by far the player with probably um, two or three highest players with the type of ceiling that he has. Anthony Davis surely has an 80-point ceiling on him, but does he have it in this Los Angeles Lakers team with LeBron out there? I'm not too sure. So with that type of ceiling on a three-game slate, it's hard to ignore Jokic. I do like LeBron James right now over Anthony Davis. This Memphis team is going to play really good defense. Sharon Jackson Jr. plus Joe Val. Joe Val limited minutes. Sharon Jackson Jr. foul trouble. Anthony Davis obviously sort of matchup proof, but I'd rather just save some money and get to LeBron James here at 9700 who, if he plays a lot of his minutes at the point slash small forward, which is exactly his position, it's a beneficial spot for him, especially if Rondo is out. He's going to get extended minutes at the point guard against rookie John Morant. And I really like that matchup for LeBron. I doubt that they'll do that in a traditional half-court defense. You rarely see that in the NBA these days. I really doubt that they put John Morant on LeBron James. But we'll see. That's where the matchup specifically would be. Luka Doncic at 9,500. I think I prefer Luka over LeBron James for $200 less. Uh, Not as great of a game environment. Lower team total by a lot, um, by 10 points. So maybe it's the wrong decision. But we're talking about Luka's median projection being in the 50s. LeBron's is being in the high 40s. Luka's ceiling is being in the mid-60s right now, 70. LeBron's with Anthony Davis there is right around 60 as well. But I think he gets there less. Christoph Porzingis, tough matchup against Paul Millsap and or, and probably or, um, or actually and, um, Nikola Jokic with Mason Plumley off the bench. Really tough matchup coming off of his best game, but nice to see him play 34 minutes. Now, do they reel it back a little bit and say, okay, we don't want to make you play 34 minutes in back-to-back games? I think they would. Um, so $8,200, I think he's going to project out as a good value. We'll see once those projections release on Patreon later today. 
Jimmy Butler, I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He's worth taking a stab on, in my opinion, before potentially he has that 50-point fantasy game, and now he's priced at 8500 right? I think it's worth taking the stab on this opening price for him and technically his opening game uh, at 7700 John Morant, I love it. I love the matchup against the Lakers. Here's the issue with John Morant. If he does get LeBron James in this matchup, and LeBron James' defense is not going to be exactly what it was two or three years ago, and he's kind of already noted that, that like if he wants to survive in this league, yes, he can play good defense when it matters, um, but using a lot of your intensity and, and really just um, effort on the defensive side in the regular season, a lot of stars know that's not the way that you want to go unless you're trying to win awards or make a name for yourself or get paid. LeBron James has done every single one of those things and does not need anything else. He can play defense when he wants to in the regular season as he should if it's going to make his um, longevity in this league last another year or so yes you should probably decrease your effort a little bit in game four of the regular season against the Memphis Grizzlies but we'll see what these matchups are again it's not traditional and if they're going to be running a lot in the fast break as they should John Morant is the guy who will have the ball be creating shots for whether he's getting to the line making those layups or dishing it out for assists John Morant I really like at 7100 I mean, it has to run through him, the offense. And based on the game, uh, a 104 total is not great. But based on the fact that they're going to be down in this game, you imagine, I think they push the pace a little bit more. Bam Adebayo at $7,000. The fact that he's power, power forward eligible probably indicates to me that he's going to get into a ton of my lineups at only a $7,000 price tag against probably Alex Len not scaring me, and parts of the game, John Collins, not scaring me. Kendrick Nunn's in yellow on my sheet, if you're listening on the audio version. He's $6,000. The reason he's in yellow, he's been performing very good, but he's also been shooting about 17 or 18 shots a game. Jimmy Butler's back. There's a real chance that those shots drop down to 10. If his shots drop down by 50, 40%, his $6,000 price tag, and he's been scoring 35 fantasy points or so um, per game right now, 36.5. But that ability, yes, if Jimmy Butler is out, I would love this spot, but that ability to continue his shooting and how much volume he's putting up with Jimmy Butler back takes a huge hit. So if you're telling me that he's going to lose 40% of his shots or so right around 40% of his DraftKings points or even a third of them, well, now he's scoring more times than not around 25 fantasy points. And at $6,000, he's expensive. So I don't really want that much Kendrick Nunn today. I put him on here because I expect him to continue to start, but not take that many more shots. And I wanted to point that out. He's in yellow on my sheet if you're listening, which that means that, okay, pause. I have to say something potentially negative about this guy. If he's in red, definitely negative, but let's hear what Salas to say about him. Paul Millsap is also on here. I think he's just too cheap for the price point. Look, he can continue to score 20 fantasy points. Um, Paul Millsap is a guy who will consistently score in the mid to high 20s, especially if he gets those minutes. He hasn't really been getting them since game one. If he gets them and he gets back to them on a back-to-back, it's a little bit scary. Maybe he doesn't, but didn't play a ton of minutes last night. We shall see early in the season. Jay Crowder at 5,200. I really like this spot for him. Really like this spot for Jay Crowder, who probably starts at the three, probably gets Danny Green defense, which is worrisome, but Jay Crowder is also a pretty big three who will play closer to the rim a lot of the time, um, so it might not be the same type of a matchup, and again, traditional, they're not really going to be playing traditional defense for most of this game, um, so Jay Crowder may be a tough matchup against Danny Green, but I'm worth, it's worth taking a shot on in my opinion. Brandon Clark at 5,100 will be coming off the bench. This rookie has been really good. The issue is he's the same price as Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder is going to see more minutes and going to start, so it's tough for me to get there. Brandon Clark at 5,100, he's pretty much priced now at what he's been doing. He's been scoring about 25, 25.25 fantasy points per game. He's priced at that, um, so it's a spot where he's going to be yellow for me, actually. He was green. He's going to be yellow. I just prefer the guy who's starting ahead of him in the same position in Jay Crowder. Danny Green's in yellow, and the main thing I want to say here is I like him at 4,400. You just have to rely on shooting. If Danny Green goes out and has a 15 to 20 point game, there's a really good chance at 4,400. He gets you there. He picks up a couple of rebounds. Maybe he has a steal, whatever it might be. He finishes with 25 fantasy points. Danny Green obviously had a huge game one, has not been that great the past couple of games. They need Danny Green to win games. I think that they try and get him going after two bad games. $4,400 is a fair price point for a guy who 
surely won't have the greatest usage rate ever wherever he is because he's just a, he's a really good defender so he stays in the court and then he's for the most part he's like a spot up shooter um so forty four hundred dollars you're relying on shooting that's why i put in yellow just to show you that there is some risk and then some really cheap options which honestly none of them stand out to me all that much kind of a growth spot for a lot of them deandre bembry is always going to grade out his value when he's this cheap he's a guy who's on the court enough in the mid-20s or so um last year averaged 23 and a half minutes per game he's on the court enough to just get you around 20 fantasy points not that much of an upside if he has a great shooting night he shoots 80 percent 90 percent from the field right maybe even 70 percent maybe get you to 25 so 3500 dollars. he's a value as of right now we'll see if anything opens up with injuries Dorian Finney-Smith is a value. He's a big, not a not a guard. Um, like um, a guy like Bembry is usually plays a two or the three. Finney-Smith usually plays the three or the four. Um, so thirty four hundred dollars again, similar to Bembry, played about twenty four minutes a game last year. Was not that great. Has even less usage with Kristoffs out there. It will be even less. But the idea here is that he's on the court when those guys aren't. Potentially can pick up some rebounds and a couple of baskets. And again, this is just your built-in value on the slate with no injuries. Duncan Robinson is a value with potential upside because of an injury. No Derek Jones Jr., Kelly Olenek battling some injuries. Um, I expect Duncan Robinson to play right around the three in some of his minutes. And I think if he plays similar minutes as he did last time, terrible point-per-minute producer in his career, like very bad, like DeAndre Bembry, much better. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, a little bit better. But Duncan Robinson seems to, at least in the last game, and so far through three games in limited minutes this season, look a little bit more comfortable. Not a spot that I want to chase the points from last game, though. So, yes, he's 3,200. Yes, he might grade out as good value. Out of all these guys below 4K, DeAndre Bembry stands out the most because I think he actually has a legitimate, like, 28 to 30-point ceiling with a floor around 16, whereas Dorian Finney-Smith's floor might be 8 fantasy points. Duncan Robinson's might be, like, 6. So um, that's where I go right there. But, again, this is all going to change. We're 12 hours until lock, 12 and a half. Lots of things might change based on injury. It's only a three-game slate, so I don't expect too much to change. I'll put this back to the injury dashboard here. Um, and then I will close it out. So appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully this video helps. Small three-game slate. It probably went a little bit longer than it needed to, but wanted to make sure I covered it in depth since there's only three games. If you're interested in the projections, you can sign up today. I'll refund your charge from October once you get hit in November in like two days on Patreon. Appreciate you tuning into this video. My name is Sal Vecchio. You can hit the subscribe button to help me out. If you're listening on the audio version, take a couple seconds, whatever platform you're on, hit that follow button. You can leave a review on iTunes. I believe you can leave one on Stitcher on a lap or on a, a desktop version. Check it out. See if you can leave a review. I really appreciate that five-star review. Just something nice about what you enjoyed about this episode and leave your fantasy draft handle. If you're watching and you want to get in on that on the YouTube channel, linked up down below in the description is the podcast page. It's on audio boom. You click that and then all the things will pop up. iTunes, if you have an, uh, an Apple iPod or iPhone iPod, where, where am I in the in 2008? And you can just leave a review. Helps me out. Check out the description for all my social medias. My name's Sal. You already know that. Projections will be out around noon or 1 p.m. today. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe. Helps me out. Helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.